was so nervous that I couldn't focus on myself. And I kept on trying to look at other people to see what they were doing. Um, and he got so mad at me and yelled at me and screamed at me. And I was just I shook. And um, I remember continuing on with the class and there was a combination where we had to go across the floor and dance. And I was just angry and moving and dancing. And then he looked at me and he said, yes. And I went, oh my gosh, I've been inside my head. Welcome to Impractically Perfect. In a world where everyone's fighting to be flawless, hear the inspiring stories of accomplished performers with me, your host, sports psychologist, Dr. Casey Cooper. Learn the secrets to their success from the best in the world of sports, art, theater, and business. Their stories will inspire you to find your personal best. Life's a little better when we realize we're all a little impractically perfect. My guest today is someone I met through Disneyland's Youth Education Department. We were both being recognized for our work with young people. And what I remember most was being just completely won over by her inspiring creativity. She's just awesome. Today, I'm welcoming one of Los Angeles' most sought-after choreographers in the world of film, television, commercial, video. I mean, her credits include The Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Good Plays, Parks and Rec. I could keep going. She's also the artistic director at the Rome Theater Company in Los Angeles. And adding to her most recent credits, producer, which we'll be talking about later in today's episode, please welcome the lovely Nicole Berger. Oh, thank you, Casey. It's so great to see you. It's nice to see you too. As you can see, I to tell our guests when you first became aware of the inability to be perfect and what it was going to mean for your career. Yeah, you know, I, w I was thinking about this question because you sent me a little, some, some things to think about um, before we talk today. And something popped up. I went to uh, Tisch School of the Arts um, for dance at NYU. And I remember being just riddled with anxiety about not being good enough. And I was in one class, and I had a, a teacher, and he's a renowned artist. His name is Gus Solomons, Jr. And he was giving this Cunningham class, which is a style of um, dance. And I was so nervous that I couldn't focus on myself. And I kept on trying to look at other people to see what they were doing. Um, and he got so mad at me and yelled at me and screamed at me, and I was just... I shook and um, I remember continuing on with the class and there was a combination where we had to go across the floor and dance and I was just angry and moving and dancing and then he looked at me and he said yes and I went oh my gosh I've been inside and I it finally allowed me to get rid of that um, self-judgment the looking and making sure I was exactly like everybody else and let me experience it so um, the idea of perfectionism um, kind of went out the window there, and I just started performing, and um, and it, I kind of graduated into this idea of rolling with it, and and just experiencing it instead of trying to be like everybody else. Right, experiencing it. Yeah. So several of the guests that have been on the show have talked about process, and so what you just described sounds to me like honoring your process, absolutely your emotions, so that the experience could connect. Absolutely. You know, I was having a talk with, I'm teaching at um, AMDA College uh, in Los Angeles, 
and I was talking to my students. I have this advanced contemporary ballet class, and we have been, um, I'm just mesmerized with it. Every time I go into that class, I just learn so much, and I, and I said to them, I don't want you to think poorly, because I know you guys judge yourselves a lot, but through your imperfections, through your, you know, your, you know, your learning, I learn so much. It's so beautiful for me to watch your process. And during that process, I learned so much about me and I learned so much about the body and it's a continuing education for me as well. Um, but it was that, like trust the process, honor the process, allow yourself to fall because you won't know how to, to balance, you won't know how to proceed if you don't know how to do it for yourself. Right. Yeah. So when you're working with your young students, and I'm so glad you're sharing those messages with them, like that just oh, makes me so happy to know that. Um, but when you're when you're watching this generation going through their sense of self on this issue, um, do you notice anything that might be different that can help other people trying to connect with them and bring out the most in them without breaking them, you know? You know, it's so funny. It's exactly what I spoke about. You know, I think sometimes teachers and I teach college students and so that they're, you know, uh, one step in they're going to be professionals. And I know some teachers get frustrated with them because what what I hear in the faculty lounge is, well, I say that to them. I don't know why they're not they're not putting it into their heads. I, you know, it frustrates me. And I and I understand that frustration. But on the other hand, I look at it as, you know, how how can I explain this to them differently? Um, what is it that you need? And I think that's something that I do is I ask the students what they need. Um, and it's really interesting. I think I do speak a lot about, um, about self-judgment, about looking instead of actually being present, but analyzing yourself. So I keep on trying to explain to them to live in the present, to enjoy the feeling in your body, to, to experience what you're doing and not to self critique as you're doing it. Um, that's, that's been something that I've really been trying to click into this generation. I'm teaching them to, to adjust as they're going. So instead of, and, and it's weird with, with dance, especially because you're working with physical balance. So I'm asking them to, as they're doing it, be open enough to, if you're falling, adjust. Um, can I, this is actually a very strange thing, but, and it's going to be a little bit off the topic, but I have this spider that's living in my car window. Okay, this is a little weird, right? But it's living in my car window, and I was mesmerized by it the other day because I was driving on the freeway, not too fast, but fast, and it was so resilient. And as it was moving, it was holding on, and it was, it was weaving its own safety net. And I was like, how amazing is this creature to have the ability to, to kind of save himself or herself you know to, to, to it was just i was like oh my god the resilience of this of this creature to kind of roll with it and and i was just and of course i told my students and they looked at me like i was crazy and they said ew there's a spider in your car but it wasn't in the car itself but it was just kind of amazing and and i it's still in my car i saw it and i was telling my children on the way to school today <laughs> it's just like the spider is still there it's amazing. Sorry. I just, it's like this, the same sort of thing that I'm teaching my students is to kind of adjust to your circumstances without judging yourself, but allowing yourself to, to adjust to your surroundings and to your, to what's happening with you. See, and that's what I mean by your creativity. You make creative things out of things that most people would just look past. 
And that's part of what I appreciate about you so much. How did you get into this line of work with choreography with where most people wouldn't consider that there's choreography to be done, right? When I think of Parks and Rec, I don't necessarily think of choreography. So can you let our audience know a little bit about what that means? Sure. Um, well, it's usually when I get asked to do a, um, to work on a show, they'll have a specific scene. And usually because you think Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's comedy based. So they'll have me come in and there's different circumstances, but it, it will either be like a punchline or um, a character choice. And um, I'll choreograph different things that, um, that sort of add to the humor of the show. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I, I, the first thing I did was um, for a show called Dirty Sexy Money and I did a Nutcracker. So it's sort of to, to add elements to the show that way. Um, I just did something for Veep that was fantastic where sometimes I get the, they're not really supposed to tell, but I will. Um, they're doing a, <laughs> they're doing a, um, a square dancing thing and I have to, I had to choreograph and work with timing. So they're, as they're talking, um, they're dancing. So uh, it was my job to almost kind of direct the scene as where, um, the, sorry, I'm not being very articulate. <laughs> no, you're being, in my mind, I see people trying to talk and square dance at the same time, which if you're not familiar with it, can probably be pretty difficult. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, and it's funny because it, with choreography, it's all timing. So I have to take the consideration, the dialogue, how fast the actors are going to speak, and then um, how fast the dance is. And they had to, you know, change partners and stuff like that. So it becomes very, it can be difficult, um, but it's always a blast. And I actually got into it um, because I was in that movie Across the Universe, and uh, the producer there, um, you know, this is an interesting story. I, I decided when I got to L.A., I was like, you know what, enough with the dancing, I want to produce. And so I asked my friend Matt Gross to, um, if I could shadow him. He was a producer on Dirty Sexy Money, and he said, all right, if you want to. And I went in, and I sat with, um, I shadowed him, and they had a table read for, um, a episode that was called the Nutcracker, and everybody was there was the the you know head honchos at the main table, and then all the minions were sort of on the side, just you know observing and taking notes. And I was one of those. And they started saying, "Well, what is what is the Nutcracker about? I don't know what it's about." And and Matt leaned back from his chair and he looked at me, and he said, "Nicole, you're a choreographer. Can you tell us what the uh, Nutcracker is about?" And I said, "Sure." And they brought me up to this big table and I told them about it. Um, and so it was like that choice that I had made to be a producer kind of got thrown out the window and they said, why don't you just choreograph it? So that's how I know it was at the right place at the right time. But what was interesting is I had made a choice. I made a solid choice to do something. And then the, weirdly enough, the universe redirected me back to what I was supposed to do. But it was it was like just honing down on, okay, I'm going to make a choice to do something. Um, and then actually, and then it was just based on that. I, my work spoke for itself. And then people just asked me anything that there's dance. Once I had to teach someone how to do an, a wave. And that was, that was, <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's really silly, silly, fun stuff that I get to do. That's awesome. But it's yeah. right place, right time with a prepared set of skills to meet yeah. the needs. Absolutely. You know, it, it wasn't all just about timing. You know, you brought it. So yeah. that's awesome. Thank you so much for telling that story. I really appreciate it. Um, but what you were describing what you do, mm -hmm. timing, 
became something that I was thinking about in the visual you painted for me mm -hmm. and how difficult it must be to not get too perfectionistic about the timing to the point where it flattens the pro like the the product right and so how do you balance that out when you're working with these accomplished actors and professionals oh it's it's um insane <laughs> i mean i just i just finished uh choreographing a film and um can't say because i have an nda but it but it's exciting and it was very stressful because um i didn't get to work with everybody at the same time so when it came to shoot shoot it i had to just roll with it and inside my heart was exploding <laughs> but in my mind i had prepared a b c d and e and just and it's always you know i love being on my toes maybe because that's a, i'm a dancer but the the idea is i i you know I can get feedback and I can apply it and I know the, I know filmmaking, I know what a camera looks for, I know what a director looks for, and I am a choreographer so I can apply that. So I take all of that and, and I'm able to work on the spot. Um, does that, does that answer your question? No, yeah, it, it does, but I'm imagining that it's never going to be perfect. Oh yeah. And because you're bringing your personal best with what you do in all of considering all those things. Mm -hmm. And the performers are bringing their personal best that mm -hmm. the resulting product, uh, although imperfect, becomes amazing. Is that, is it, is that oh. really? Yeah, you know, that, that is because everyone brings their, their individual best. And I think that that's why I love working with actors too, because they're not come, they're not going to do it how I do it. And I think that's what makes it, special because everyone has their unique take on it um and as a choreographer i always like to set up my actors for success and that means giving them the room to do what they need to do there's never there's never a perfect way to do it whatever way they're doing it is perfect um does that i, I think i yeah. think that, that's that's what that's what i love about filmmaking and also the great thing about filmmaking is there's take upon take upon take upon take so I, if you mess up or if it doesn't feel right you can you can try again and, and i don't think anyone um gets discouraged you know they just learn from that take and they move forward well that's what makes it human as opposed to computer generated because exactly. even though it, it it it's going to look beautiful but right. it will never be perfect because then human exactly exactly yeah. and that's not interesting i mean if you look at stuff that that is so canned and so perfect stop um you know you can't <laughs> yeah you can't um it just it doesn't you don't connect to your audience you know there's not there's no, it's not a person it's a machine yeah. yeah exactly and can you share with our audience because i think it speaks to how your creative process is always on what is behind you right now? <laughs> this is, I'm in my kitchen actually, and this is a blackboard. And this is the sun from the sky. <laughs> but it's a blackboard and you know, we just, when my, my husband is um, a director for The Simpsons, so he's an artist and um, I try. And, but it's for my kids, so it's inspiration. So we'll have to do something for the holidays. Um, but it's, it's a nice backdrop right now. <laughs> Right now it's a blank canvas, but I'm assuming that in a household of creative people like this, when something hits, then it just gets. It does. Right. 
Yes, okay. lots of chalk everywhere. <laughs> That's so fantastic. Um, is Now tell everyone a little bit about the short film you just produced and directed, yes? Sure. Yeah. Oh. I, I had I had the pleasure of being able to preview it. Um, what struck me the most about it was just the wanting to be someone who matters to someone else almost can become like an addiction right mm -hmm. now with this generation. So was that part of what you were thinking about? And tell us more about Holes. Yeah, okay, so so Holes is a, um, a short film that I, I wrote and directed. Um, and produced and it started to be honest i was listening it's um we used a song from the the police um called hole in my life and i was driving to work <laughs> and i was listening to this song and it just got me um so what i did for the film was i used the dialogue from um or i'm sorry the music from hole in my life as the inner dialogue between the two characters main characters um and this is a funny story because I, I was always imagining there are um, three women and two men in, in the short. And I was only imagining a man and a woman. And the day we were shooting, uh, one, the actress came to me and she said, I feel awful. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the whole shoot. And I somewhat panicked but then i said you know what this is okay this is okay i can fix i can fix i can i can work with this um and so i called up two other uh dancers and actresses and i said this is total last minute can you come in and do this and because of that you know snafu i really i think created this short that was um much more impactful because it affected more people mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautifully done. It's beautifully done. I can't wait till you're able to premiere it. Where, where, and when will people be able to see it? Well, now I'm in sort of the film festival circuit. What's really exciting about this is that um, I sent the uh, short to Sting and the Police because um, I wouldn't never put out. Uh, I was using their music, and I wanted to make, to get their permission, and I got. Uh, heard back from them and they loved it and gave me permission to use it. So I'm going to be submitting it from film festivals and hopefully you'll be seeing it somewhere soon. <laughs> but it, I am truly proud of it because you're right, it does incorporate dance and acting and it has, um, yeah, this addiction to being needed, you know, to filling a hole in your life, to use someone to do that. Um, and then the ability to learn to walk away from that and to and to fill your own hole and not to to let anybody else fill that but be responsible for your own that's that's something that i think and i, I think we did it in sort of a poetic way where it's not um hitting you over the head <laughs> oh no it's, it's yeah. beautifully done and but you matter just kept screaming out at me because that has become such an important mantra for this youngest generation and the research is actually really good on this that that you matter has um helped with battling depression and anxiety and and so much for this generation because with all the social media influences even though they might be more technically more um connected they feel less meaning in those connections and so that belief in you matter is so critical to their existence and and the film just spoke directly to that for me yeah and i you know it's so, that's really important to me because um it's eye contact and what i really like 
in this film is that there's a lot of eye contact between the characters. And what I noticed from my students who are all sort of that age is that there's no eye contact. Um, there's a lot of that social media need of affirmation to see what other people are doing and that, that personal connection between, you know, partners or friends is really, you know, lacking. And um, so, yeah, that's, you hit it right there. That's right. now. So eye contact. Maybe nice. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all these beautiful life lessons. I try to wrap up every episode with just a few little questions to remind everyone that we're all just impractically perfect. So what is your standing Starbucks order? Ooh, I, I have an eggnog latte right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's right there. Yeah. Okay. A commercial that has actually left you in tears. Oh, you know, there's a commercial. I don't remember. It's bad that I don't remember what it's for, but it's um, a, a dog and a little girl. And the dog somehow, I, this is terrible, is dressed up in a, like a lion. And that's all I remember it, about it. So maybe it hasn't left me. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I do. And um, the commercial was impactful, but not marketing wise. So we'll have to look that up. Because we'll help yeah. I know what you're talking about. You know, yeah. Okay. All right. And final, um, finish the statement with a word that does not begin in P. A P all right. Practice makes. <laughs> I was going to say pasta, but that's not right. I'm just in the kitchen. Practice makes patience. It's a P. Oh, not in P. Not in P. Not in P. Oh, okay. So end this with a word that does not begin with a P. Practice makes. Practice makes memories. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Nicole. Yeah. It's a pleasure to have you on today. And for more information about this conversation to others, please visit us at impracticallyperfect.org. I'm your host, Dr. Casey Cooper. And until next time, be excellent, everybody. Take care. For more information about choreographer Nicole Berger and future guests of Impractically Perfect, visit my blog for behind the scenes footage, impracticallyperfect.org.